I'm a mink on a farm in Denmark. I mean, look, I, I don't like living in a small cage, but I'm starting to think it's better than the alternative. Say they, they keep taking these other mink out for a walk, and then they just never come back. I gonna, I think they're gonna come for me soon. My plan is to ball up in the back of the cage where they can't reach me, or if that doesn't work, then I, I'm just gonna bite someone. Wait, shh, shh. Here they come. Here they come. I mean, who's wearing mink these days anyways? What am I even doing here? This is the mink of Denmark on Extinction Event. Did you ever feel so bad inside? to extinction events i'm melissa hello jack hello uh this is uh, the mink of denmark before i get started i just wanted to make a note if you are a fan of the show and you have an episode topic suggestion please write to us let us know because to be honest we're kind of running out of ideas here so <laughs> We could use some new ones. I think our email is extinctionpod at gmail.com. Fairly certain. And Twitter? Yeah, you could. Uh, yeah, do Twitter if you want to. Uh, that's just at extinctionpod as well. So how are you doing today, Jack? Oh. <sighs> you... <laughs> you ever heard of the mink of Denmark? No, the mink of Denmark. Yeah. It's either a Shakespeare play or like um one of, like a Hardy Boys mystery <laughs> novel. <laughs> yeah. The mink of Denmark are a population of farmed mink that live in Denmark. Well, let's just clear that up right now. It's not an aristocrat from the oh, turn I, of the, the century. One more thing. The Mink of Denmark could also be like a um, a master thief, you mm. know, who's uh, slinking around the like Lupin, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, in Paris, like in the in the night, stealing jewels and stuff. Nice. So one of those three. All right. <laughs> I'd accept. Well, you you know anything about Mink, or do you want to just get started here? Like all my references, they're based off cartoons and from Saturday morning, so actually, no, I know zero about mink. They had skunks, but no mink in mm. the cartoons. Yeah, and usually they were coming alive or something to spook somebody. From being dead? Maybe I'm thinking of that. This probably happened in Ghostbusters. Then Wasn't that one of the scenes in like Ghostbusters 1 or 2? The lady's like mink. Oh, the came coat, alive. yes. And it was freaking out, trying to bite people. You're right. That was a classic scene. Mm -hmm. Love that. That's pretty much the extent of my mink knowledge. Well, thank you. I'd, I'd forgotten about the Ghostbusters thing. That's what I'm here for. Okay, let's do it. Mink are semi-aquatic carnivorous mammals. They are long-bodied, furry little creatures who look like ferrets. 
wild minks weigh around two pounds, farmed minks can weigh a lot more, up to seven. Uh, They have a lifespan of around three years in the wild and 10 at a farm. In the wild, the fur typically ranges from brown to black hues, but at a farm, you can find mink in pretty much any color. Uh, so does that sort of, that gives you an idea of, I mean, do you, when I say mink, is that what go, comes in? I thought head? they'd be a much lighter color, you know, like in Ghostbusters when they were like white. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. When they're farmed, they can like basically be hot pink or white, whatever. So that works. But, um, but out in the wild, they're black or brown. Yeah. The earthy tones. Makes sense. Their silky, soft fur is highly sought after by us humans. We just love wearing it. Humans' obsession with fur in general has been going on since at least the Stone Age. For most of human history, we have hunted wild animals, including mink, uh, for their fur. But as the human population grew, hunting just wasn't cutting it. So we started farming fur in order to supply the demand. Uh, In North America, minks were first bred on farms for their fur starting around 1860, and that was going strong until the 1980s when uh, demand started to decline. But North Americans and humans all over the world still farm mink, specifically the American mink. That's the the main one. The fact that there's... An American American mink farms seems funny to me. <laughs> Extinction event is brought to you by 100% American mink. Our mink's farm grown the way it always has been on a farm full of mink. And our mink are just a little extra special because we kill them the same way our grandfathers did, with our bare hands. That's right, one nice karate chop to the neck, and that mink's ready to go right on your special lady. Yeah, with a little elbow grease and a will to get the job done, that mink will be dead before you know it. Bye, American Mink. Thank you, American Mink. Mink are the most farmed animal for fur. 50 million are produced annually. Uh, And what's crazy to me is that people are still wearing fur. That that Mm. we can justify 50 million mink. Who are, who's buying this? It's still luxurious, you know. Still got that Monopoly Man idea of luxury with mink. I don't know. I've never, like, went up and touched <laughs> a mink coat. Maybe when you do that, you're like, I get it. You're like, this is just something that just feels luxurious. And... <sighs> I don't know, maybe that's a, just a different circle from me, but I can't remember the last time I saw somebody wearing a, a fur coat. You're in New York. You've never seen a fur coat? I don't. No, I yeah. And if I do, I assume it's fake. I've seen some I've seen some real mink. 
strolling down the avenues. New or vintage? New. It's got to be new. Did you? Did you get? You wouldn't have. Did I, I bump know. in and cop a field? <laughs> no. no. I was gonna ask if your parents or your mom got you a a mink a coat. coat. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not a for mink my coat. birthday or something like. When I gravi- graduated from Yale or something. I remember having a tiny fur coat when I was growing up. No, this wasn't a normal thing no. for us. <laughs> I remember my mom had a fur coat. I don't know if what it was made out of, if mm-hmm. it was real or whatever, but it was the 80s. So uh, she had one and then I got a tiny one and I was really <laughs> excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we wore them out. I don't remember where we wore them to, but um, you a boy wouldn't have had one. No. Right? Especially in the 80s. I, I got a starter jacket once. <laughs> it was awesome. Charlotte Hornets. It was like teal and purple. Oh, gee. I, I went on eBay like a week ago looking at that oh thing. I was like, damn. I had style and still do. Yes. Because I want that jacket. What? How much is it? <sighs> More than I'm willing to. Okay. Okay, back to the mink. So we're still killing a lot of animals for their fur. And um, these mink are the ones that we're interested in today. Now, do you know anything about mink farms? Or, or just fur farms? Yeah, it's probably not a pretty picture. <laughs> right. A lot of cages. In my head, they they have like they're shocking the cages with <laughs> sticks that like have electricity. <laughs> Quiet down. Jurassic Park. Uh huh. Like Jurassic Park, and uh, and then comes the slaughter day. Well, that's pretty much. Yeah, I guess that's kind of it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, was gonna, I did some research. Sorry if I overstimulated with that, that uh, <laughs> you know, in-depth look into my imagination of these places. There's a lot of information about mink farms on the internet, and I had to shield myself from Usually when deep. you see them, it's like from a, a camera that looks like a button <laughs> on some operative comes in. Right. So you get button cam, and you're like, wow, everything's really fishbowl. <laughs> So it ends up looking like some weird music video from the 90s. All these cages, this crazy fisheye effect. I feel like Missy Elliott's going to drop down and (laughs) deliver a verse. Well, I'll tell you what I learned. Yes, they are caged. That's a big part of it. And the cages are quite small. Often minks start to suffer psychological effects from being in these tight cages. Basically, they go crazy. They're all going crazy. It's mm-hmm. a nut house. Craziest minks make the most beautiful jackets. <laughs> not jackets. Beautiful coats. <laughs> and not much has been or is being done about this. In Canada, they have added enrichments to the cages. Things like play toys or objects that they can mm. bat about yeah. 
And from what I hear, this doesn't really make them feel all that much better. The, the whole but thing... it makes us feel better, right? And that's really the point. <laughs> so basically, life for a mink is just torture. Uh, then, when it comes time to kill the mink, there are a few different options, including neck breaking, electricity, lethal injection. But by far the most popular method is to put them in a chamber that is filled with carbon monoxide. They Probably get... the most humane way, right? Don't you just kind of pass out? Yeah, it probably. I mean, they all seem fairly quick. Neck-breaking, electricity, lethal injection is probably... If I had to pick one of those, I'm going carbon monoxide. <laughs> <laughs> who's picking neck-breaking? And whose job is that? That's right. Beautiful, gorgeous, silky American mink. Killed the American way with a 357 Magnum at point blank range. Ooh, it's gorgeous. Buy American Meek. Okay, so once deceased, the mink is skinned on site or sent off to be skinned elsewhere. The remaining carcasses usually end up as pet food or fertilizer. Uh, and like I said, all, the details of all of this are pretty gross. I I had to stop, but I just wanted to give you an idea of the lives of these mink of Denmark. And I don't know, maybe they had slightly better conditions than the information I saw, but or worse. It's hard to say. End up pet food? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's something I've never really thought about, but makes sense. And yeah. it's such a like... A line that you'd hear in like Goonies or something like, we got to get out of here. We'll end up pet food, you know. <laughs> Moving on. So what the heck happened to the farmed mink of Denmark? Why are we talking about them today? Turns out mink are highly susceptible to contracting coronaviruses. What? Yeah. And if you're listening to this podcast several hundred years in the future, you should know that in the year 2019, one form of coronavirus named COVID-19 swept across human populations the world over, causing a worldwide pandemic that not only killed many, many people, but basically put life as we know it on hold for over a year. Can you just clarify that COVID is called COVID-19 because it happened in 2019? Yeah. That is correct. Okay. Uh, COVID-19 is more effective at attaching itself to some animals rather than others. We know it attaches itself well to humans and actually also cats, I found out. Whoa. But not so much for animals like cows and dogs. Uh, but minks are one of the animals that COVID-19 really likes. And the symptoms infected minks show are similar to those that humans have, ranging from no signs of illness to severe problems like pneumonia, which can lead to death. So how were these minks getting COVID? Social distancing, bruh. <laughs> Not social distancing. <laughs> how are they getting COVID? Yeah. Probably the young minks going out to the bars being like, it's not going to affect me. <laughs> well, before I tell you, 
I am going to teach you about zoonotic disease. The A disease <laughs> on zoonotic disease. COVID-19 is what we call a zoonotic disease. Uh, and in that is an infectious disease that is transmitted from animals to humans, or in some cases, the other way around. Three in four of all human infectious diseases are zoonotic. There have been a lot of these in recent years you might recall. SARS, H1N1, swine flu, Ebola, Zika. All the biggest hits. Big, Yeah, and all bad, very bad. And uh, the way us humans contract... One of these diseases is by a spillover event in which an uninfected human comes into contact with an infected animal or that animal's waste in some way, like manure, wastewater at a processing plant. Cons- Dog food. Yeah. Consu- <laughs> no, I don't know. Consuming infected meats uh, or being bitten by an infected animal, just to name a couple. Mm-hmm. Um So we know that COVID-19 came from an animal host, which one and how we still don't know. But uh, we do know that minks were getting it. In Denmark. In Denmark. Long time ago. Okay. A long time ago. Wait, when was this Denmark thing? Well, COVID-19... Wait, is this just now that these mink went... I thought we were talking about... No, this this is like this year. Oh, I thought it was some other COVID variant. No, COVID-19. Okay. They Very were, topical. Yeah. <laughs> I just assumed. It was like 500 It years. happened at the turn of the century or yeah. something. And this was like. 1819. I don't know. They were like trading tulips for <laughs> mink. Okay. I'm going to tell you how they got it. They got it from the employees who were working at the fur farms. The fur Farmers. And you already said in your setup that it's rare that humans give a disease to animals. Yeah, it's not that common. But when you have one where both the hosts are very susceptible to it, um, coronaviruses, yeah, then it's easily passed uh, onto a different species. So they were getting it from humans at the plant. If you work at a mink farm, your day-to-day activities are likely going to include getting pretty close to some mink. Chances are (laughs) you'll get up close and personal with some mink. Welcome to your first day as a mink farm employee. Congratulations. You're about to start an exciting career in mink farming. Whether you're a karate chop neck chopper (laughs) or the guy who peels off the skids (laughs) or the guy who sorts the body into the different dog food bins your time at the mink farm is something you'll never forget even with therapy now right about now you may need to take a moment to ask yourself if you're ready to get up close and personal with mink because if you're not mink farming might not be the job for you All right, now that we've weeded out the week, let's get into the exciting world of mink farming. Yeah, so workers infected with the virus were inadvertently passing it on to the caged mink. I don't know when the first official case of a mink testing positive for COVID was, but by June of 2019... Pretty early on, 
it was already becoming a problem. Cases surfaced in the U.S., the Netherlands, Denmark, and probably China and Russia uh, and Poland, where they also farm mink, but I just don't have the details. But for our story today, Denmark is going to be of most interest. Why? Because Denmark produces the most mink in the world. It's a huge industry there with over 1,200 mink farms housing over 17 million mink, Mm. which is just, wow. The Dutch, man. (laughs) They got keeping living things in cages and selling them off for profit, their blood. (laughs) And so the mink on the farms in Denmark were getting sick. And this first little outbreak led to the culling of over 11,000 mink. And by the way, culling is just a nicer way of saying killing. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. And this idea of culling farmed animals because of a virus outbreak is nothing new. We do this all the time. And I, we just don't really hear about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's probably several. No, I remember about like mad cows. Like, hey, we had to like kill a bunch of cows. That's just one. There's so many. We could probably just switch from doing a regular extinction events to when we have to cull animals because of viruses. That could just be. It's very regular part of just raising animals for any industry. It's yeah. like virus is gonna hit and. Got to wipe those ones out. Even if we don't know for sure if they're causing it. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Well, is COVID killing these mink? Not all of them. Just, you know, if if they tested positive, then they had to kill them. Oh, okay. So they were finding out well before they died of coronavirus. Yeah. From what I understand, it wasn't that they had a bunch of dead mink dying in cages they didn't flip on the lights one night or one morning you know and then go dear god yeah (laughs) (laughs) someone came in here and karate chopped the necks of all these big (laughs) i'm sure there were quite a few that have i already told you the karate chop rabbit story what was it have i done it on this podcast maybe what what is? Do you story? want me to tell it? Yes, tell the story. I have a story about karate chopping animals, and it's not fun. I worked with this guy who was, he like taught survival at Air Force school. He was like one of the special whatevers, mm-hmm. and he said whenever they get these like newbies that come in, they'd have this part. You know, you're a couple weeks into it. Where they'd get a live rabbit, hold it up by its hind legs, and be like, you got to kill this with your bare hands. And the way you do that is karate chop it right on the neck. Break its neck. They show you how to like, demonstrate. Wow. And then he said what they do is they're watching everybody in this group, and whoever looks squeamish, they give it to them. Oh, so okay. <laughs> so you got to do it. If you look uncomfortable, you're the one getting it. And all the time, that person would kind of not, karate chop hard enough <gasps> and partially break the neck and he oh. said that rabbits scream exactly like people oh jeez. <laughs> so do they make the and they make them finish it finish off it. okay wow that's the story is that the best way to kill it is to karate chop it yeah i guess so for your bare hands okay would you rather strangle it jeez 
You got to do it. Yeah. Oh, and there's the second part to that where they eat their eyeballs, but that's, I didn't, I, I was already like spacing out. By that. <laughs> I was already like, this story's boring and going off somewhere else. Well, we do know that eyeballs are rich and some nutrients from past episode. Yeah, so, so. that's just an extra survival tip for you. Yeah, well, thank you, Jack. If you ever catch it, a rabbit, that's how you kill it and then eat its eyeball because it's most nutritious. Awesome. Okay, so they they killed 11,000 mink, but this doesn't stop the virus from spreading. More cases keep showing up. Human workers continue to pass the virus onto the mink, and in turn, those mink pass it between themselves, and the virus spreads like a wildfire. One, because farmed mink don't have a lot of genetic diversity. Mm. And two, because they're kept in these super tight cages, as we know, no, no social distancing. And three, it's very hard to get a mask on a mink. <laughs> Then something even worse happens. What what do you think happened, Jack? <laughs> it's an asteroid? What? <laughs> the mink start giving the virus back to the fur f- farmers. Whoa. And this is really bad. What we have is a virus that humans gave to mink, then the mink gave it back to humans, and when that happens, the virus mutates. Oh, it's like a charge up or not a charge up, but it's like it it leveled up. It, yes and no. It just changes. But They're, a virus that can jump more easily between humans and animals is more dangerous. It's dangerous for a variety of reasons. We'll, we'll kind of talk about it, but it didn't make it safer. No. Um in a way then what's happening is the virus is having a genetic diversity explosion there Mm -hmm. so it's becoming yeah able to infect more things more easily yeah uh but i don't really know enough because sometimes it can change and it it could be bad for the virus yeah so i i don't know uh so it mutates into a new variant called cluster five which i just realized as i said it that that means there's probably like hundreds of clusters of COVID-19 mm-hmm. out there that we have no idea about that are just permeating themselves through society. This was just number five. <laughs> you know, we, what's cluster 299 doing? I mean, I thought the same thing when I first heard Mambo number five. <laughs> I'm like, this is just the fifth one. This implies that there's hundreds of other possible mambos <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay a little bit of jessica in my life <laughs> that's mambo number five in case anybody <laughs> just went whoosh. but that's kind of how viruses work right it's like their thing is is evolving quickly and trying out stuff uh-huh. and uh you know, if you're you're a bird stuck on an island, you're going to be constantly evolving, trying to get more efficient. And that's like the virus MO. So they got to be trying out stuff. And like you said, most of them probably going to be dead ends. But all you need is one. Jump to that next host and, and be more efficient there and continually getting better and better and better. 
it's it's wild. It's a very fascinating topic. For me, when I was learning about this, the the virus passing back and forth at these farms, it sounds swampy and like a, a furry cesspool of disease. <laughs> I just get like like John said, "Quick kiss in the mink." <laughs> You do that again, I swear to God. Yeah, they look cute. He's like giving them good night smooch or something. <laughs> I'll kill you tomorrow. Good night. Part four, crossing boundaries in the workplace. Many a mink farmer have found themselves working late nights staring eye to eye with one of the beautiful mink here on our farms, and have felt the need to give that mink a smooch. That would be a bad idea. Smacking your lips on a mink face could lead to the spread of disease, infecting you and your co-workers. So next time you find yourself face-to-face with one of our beautiful mink, stop. Take a minute to mink it over. Because one smooch could be a big mistake. That's exactly what happened with Melissa. Let's take a minute to listen in. Hey. What's up, cutie? Oh, you look so soft and furry. Oh, gosh, I love touching that sweet, soft fur. Give me a kiss. Did you just say give me a kiss? Oh, oh. Boy, I think I need to stop and think about it. I don't know. Stop. It's time for Melissa to mink it over. Would kissing this mink help spread a disease to her family and loved ones? The answer is yes. Give me a smooch. I know that you want to smooch, but I'm stopping to mink about it. And that would be bad for my family and friends and co-workers. Good job, Melissa. I minked about it. That's good minking. This has been part four, Crossing Boundaries. Sometime in 2020 is when Cluster 5 emerged. 11 or 12 people who worked at the mink farm test positive for this new variant. And eventually, some of those people will then pass Cluster 5 on to other humans. I believe there were hundreds of cases of this variant that popped up in Denmark. And at this point, the Denmark government realizes they got to do something. Because as of the recording of this episode, our only defense against this virus is a vaccine. A vaccine that is developed to combat a specific version of that virus. And if a mutated version of it deviates too far from the original, we don't know yet if that will compromise the effectiveness of Mm -hmm. the vaccine we developed. So a variant like Cluster 5 has to be contained because if it's not, this whole nightmare might just start over again Mm -hmm. because it becomes so different than the original. Yeah. So Denmark officials step in and say, we have to stop this variant. And they put out the order, kill all the mink. All of them. 
17 million mink. Just. We need karate choppers. <laughs> Do you owe anybody who can karate chop? Your government needs karate choppers now. We need purple belts, yellow belts, brown belts, red belts with two stripes. If you or anyone you know has done Taekwondo, Tai Chi, karate for one to several years, your government needs you to come down to the mink factory and karate chop a mink on the neck. That's right. Anyone with karate chopping experience is eligible to come down and karate chop a mink on the neck. Your country is depending on you. This has been a Denmark special service announcement. Thank you. So they start killing mink. And I don't know specifically how. I don't know if they broke their necks or electrocuted them. But or mo- all of the above. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking probably they just gassed them. And I've seen pictures of where they buried the bodies. There was this drone. You, you know where they buried the bodies. <laughs> there's this drone shot of where they dug these long trenches Mm -hmm. and then there there's dump trucks just full of mink carcasses which they dump into the pits just millions of mink bodies it's surreal yeah and i i should also mention that during this time many mink in other countries were being culled as well it's just not to the extent that they were in denmark 17 million mink. Sheesh. It takes time to kill that many mink. So while that is happening, there is some political dispute as to whether the government had the right to give this order in the first place. And they decide, no, they don't actually have the legal standing to do this. (laughs) At that point, around 2.5 million mink had already been culled. Whoa. And the government says, look, we can't order the official killing of these mink, but we highly recommend it. So what do you think happened? Uh, no thanks. (laughs) This actually came as a surprise to me, but uh, the mink farmers decide to continue to kill their mink voluntarily. This is probably not out of an act of kindness, but like they realized hmm, if we don't do this and then one of our workers gets infected and dies because they can't be <laughs> vaccinated against this mutation, uh, that could be a problem for us. <laughs> Just their lawyers advise them to continue, yeah. right? So they keep killing, which is already a big portion of your job on a mink farm. So probably not really a big deal for the employees. <laughs> <laughs> And it seems like it's working. The Cluster 5 variant is being contained. There's no more mink or human cases. Mm. But then something really crazy happens. You want to <laughs> <laughs> guess? Some guy tried to karate chop 10 mink stacked <laughs> and broke the world record. Was that it? It's like a weird sport on ESPN 12 or something. There he's stacked 13 mink as he attempts to break the world karate chop mink record. 
the mink start coming back from the dead. Okay. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, seriously, bodies start coming out of the ground from the pits. Yes. Well, they didn't kill them good enough. <laughs> no, they're not. They're dead. They're not. <laughs> mm, well, they're not if they're crawling out of the ground. <laughs> Here's what happened. Gases were being emitted from the decomposing bodies and pushing them towards the surface. Mm. So that combined with what I guess were pretty shallow pits led to this nightmare scene. Which normally, yeah, they don't put them in pits. They get sent to the dog food factory yeah so this was unusual for them like we never had to bury a mink before let alone millions yeah the workers weren't prepared for that (laughs) fast forward to now i think most of the mink in denmark have been cold the biggest producer of mink in the country copenhagen fur has said that it intends to get rid of all of its mink in two to three years and then cease operations completely so So that makes me think that they still have a few mink left. But regardless, in about two years, all of the farmed mink in Denmark will essentially be extinct. Wow. I didn't see that coming, honestly. I mean, Were I, you surprised when you read that? Yes, I was. But I did find out that they had kind of been planning to... Uh, Close it up, yeah, uh, before this even happens. Mm. I don't know why, but um, it was going to happen probably eventually. This just accelerated the timeline for them. And actually, this is a good thing. It's an extinction we can be proud of. I'm usually proud of all our extinctions. But uh, one, because fur farming is inhumane. uh, But also because we're finally seeing how the conditions of factory farms like this could lead to very dire results for humans in the form of things like virus mutations. And so it's good that we're doing something about it. Yeah. Yeah. And because of this whole COVID mink situation, they're rolling out fur farming bans in several other countries. A couple months ago, the Netherlands banned it altogether, and other countries plan to do so by 2025. But not the U.S., Russia, Poland, or China. They're going to still do it. And despite all of this, some people still argue that there is a demand for fur and that the other countries like Russia and China will just pick up the slack and start harvesting more mink there, which they probably will. But my question again is like, who is still wearing mink coats? Technology is advanced beyond the need to wear fur. Have you, have you Patagonia? Patagonia. Like, think about Patagonia. They they make amazing jackets. It, well, you're not considering the image of luxury that Mink says that has classically. Why do people still buy those like columned, you know, Greek classic houses? Because it's the image of luxury. Yeah. You know, and. If you touch a mink fur coat, I'm sure it's pleasant in a way that's like connected us back to the Stone Age where it's like, this is a really nice fur. You know, I think us as humans, we're connected to furs and like picking ones that we like compared to ones that we don't because we've always done it. 
Perhaps, so yeah. It's probably some of that mixed with yeah, there's a reason why it became luxury in the first place. So just kind of capping that off in the knees and being like, we don't need to do this anymore. We don't, but there's tradition, there's just perception. I guess. But and uh, over time, I'm sure that perception will just kind of fade away, I like the so. same way that we don't wear top hats anymore. This is like, oh, look at this nice coat made of 200 mink that were psychologically broken to the point of like, <laughs> you know, they went crazy. Yeah. And then we just, we kept them in a cage. It was, uh, is it worth it? I'm not going to buy one because of that, but, you know, it's just over time perception change with education. Well, with, I hope so. Uh, whether or not it's popular or in fashion. Yeah. And it stayed in fashion for a long time. So I don't see it growing. Probably not. I'm glad all the mink, farmed mink in Denmark are going extinct. Um, uh, this is a weird one for us, but I thought since it was a bit timely with coronaviruses that it was a good one for us this week. Yeah. This concludes a day in the life of a mink farmer. We hope you feel prepared to start your exciting life in mink farming. Just remember, if you get the urge, stop, mink it over, and mink about it. The next life you save could be your own. Okay, well thanks for tuning in for another episode. I will say again, if you have any ideas please we're desperate <laughs> just send them to us we'll do anything doesn't even have to be an animal you, i don't care just a story about a worm you saw that got washed away and that made you just flash flood we'll do it it's yeah. gone email us at extinctionpod at gmail.com or hit us up on twitter at extinctionpod thanks for listening thanks for being here jack hope you have a good day Bye. Bye. Peg Lake Deer Production.